Sacred Heart, a team you're going to need to know about here in March. And their head coach, Jessica Minetti, is here to help you get acquainted. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Welcome to Wallet. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. Thanking you for making us your first listen every day. You can subscribe here on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're listening. Women's basketball, six days a week, Monday through Friday, past, present, and future. Saturday's WNBA draft show. And of course, it's not just me. It's the entire team over at thenexthoops.com bringing you, we have over 100 reported pieces Every single month, we're kind of blast through that by the middle of the month in March alone. Uh, Jess, I've got somebody out there with you, the great Alex Simon, who's going to be writing about Sacred Heart. I had the pleasure of seeing your team play on Sunday. So welcome, welcome, welcome. What's been the most exciting part of this whirlwind 16 seed in the NCAA tournament? It's been it's been a dream. It, we had a brand new team this year. We didn't know what to expect. We got picked preseason sixth. We had a really tough non-conference stretch, didn't come into conference with a lot of wins. And to be able to have a turnaround like this with a lot of freshmen, transfers, new players that didn't have a ton of playing experience to have this moment, it's everything you dream about from when you're a little girl and you watch it for the first time and say, oh my gosh, that could be me one day. Like, here it is. We're here. I mean, you scheduled tough. You scheduled your team to get them ready. I mean, you went mm -hmm. and went to Fairfield, a really good team. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Carly's got them playing so well. Iona's in the tournament. Monmouth mm -hmm. is in the tournament. You know, right away, giving your team a test. I mean, was part of that just you getting a sense of who you had as a team? Yeah, we, we tried to have a really diverse non-conference schedule. Only because we wanted to have these these younger kids who we knew we would probably have to play a lot of minutes prepared mm -hmm. for the different types of collegiate actions they would see. Right. Like there's such a difference in college. There's the physical strength and speed. But then there's that IQ piece where you got to know how to defend things and the offenses teams run and how we guard ball screens and just how to find a way sometimes to figure out how to win. And I think the diversity of our, our non-conference, as hard as it was to experience provided such value for us mm -hmm. and our our staff and I were joking I was like man we scheduled unbelievable teams and, and you didn't know how good some teams were going to be right like Iona like you said Monmouth winning the league we actually had Vermont scheduled too <laughs> um, and we wow. had to cancel that game because of some team illness down the stretch you know we had some Big East teams in Butler and Providence that were very very good we had Army who was tearing it up in the Patriot League Fairfield obviously a great team in the MAC so I, I think we really did challenge ourselves. We didn't plan it that way, but that's just how it kind of shook out. And and we learned a lot. And I think we took a lot of those really valuable lessons into how we were able to turn it around. So, gosh, it's it seems like it was forever ago, but it's, it was it was a tough, tough little stretch to go through. I, uh, for sure. For sure. And it gets you into the conference schedule. And you guys were I mean, it was fascinating all afternoon. 
uh, excuse me, all season just to see that you're right there hanging tough with FDU, you know. And so for those who don't know, Sacred Heart had to beat Fairleigh Dickinson for the third time in order to make it to the tournament. You had to do it on the road. You know, I was in that arena. I was able to see that at Hackensack, that place was packed. That place was loud. And to beat any team three times is extraordinarily difficult for you guys to do it the way you did i thought was really striking so i just want to point out a couple of things before we get into some of the particulars some of the individual stars and obviously a star among stars in this era prior who we had the chance to chat about on sunday but fdu was a top 10 in the country defense uh you guys are no slouch at all 29th by points per possession but you scored 71 70 and 72 mm-hmm. on FDU. How do you go about scheming like that? And especially like Coach Ann is so capable of making those types of changes. You know, what was that chess match like? Yeah, FDU is so tough. They are such a tough opponent. And and Ange does a tremendous job with her defensive pride that her team takes. And I'll tell you, those 20 plus games that they won were all defensive effort. And I think I think for us, there are a couple um, advantages that we had. One, when you really know your opponent, right? Like in league, we know our opponents. We know the ins, the outs, the how to exploit weaknesses, how to maximize strength. So I think our ability to really know our opponent really helped. I know our team was very excited to play them. They were hyped. We had come in having one. Uh, we had just the first time we played them, we lost to Merrimack at home and we were pissed, really mad. And I, I always say, had we not lost to Merrimack, I don't think we would have won that FDU game, that next FDU game. So I, I, I'm almost thankful for that lesson that we had to take yeah. um, from Merrimack to really get our minds focused and back on track. And we only had a one day turnaround. So I think that was beneficial too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that third piece was, you know, for us, uh, some teams are better matchups than others, right? I, I think that some teams that we play really challenge us in a lot of different ways with the way they match up with us, whether it's athletically or from a defensive um, game plan standpoint. And with FDU, I, I think our team felt confident that our matchup was going to be hard for them, just in how some of our game plan preparation was and just player for player, how we knew our opponent. So I, I think it's always going to be a battle moving forward against FDU. They, they're they a tremendous team. They're very well coached. And defensively, you have to find a way to score. You do. And you have to have shooters hit shots against them because they are number one in three-point field goal percentage defense in the country. Yeah. You have to be able to get paint touches and make reads against a defense that will completely collapse and disrupt you. So I was just really proud of our the way our players executed offensively, I think, we did a lot of great things and we got to the free throw line. I think the free throw line sometimes is a big game changer for us too. The fact that you were able to just go through these quick turnarounds, I'm curious in two ways, right? Number one, you went out, you play on the sixth against LIU, you play on the ninth against Merrimack on the 12th on Sunday against FDU. Does being in that rhythm make it a little easier for what's coming because you know typically speaking you make it to the ngaa tournament you have almost a full week to prepare but uh not not this time around when you've got you know southern coming up uh on wednesday night 
Mm -hmm. I think the rhythm is really good. I think you, when you have too much time to think it, sometimes it, if you're on fire, it cools you off, mm -hmm. you know? And for, for us being able to, we got into this really great rhythm of, Hey, play next day was film and recovery day after was practice. Let's get after it and prepare. Boom. Game day the next day again, mm -hmm. repeat, repeat. And it's what we've been doing for the, for the last 12 days. Um, but I think they like the rhythm. I think they know we're going to really take care of them physically after they go through that war the day after by just being really conservative with how we approach that day of practice and preparation. Um, and I think they love the rhythm of, of being together and having that experience together. Like our whole school was on spring break last week, so they had no distractions. It was almost a blessing. Like yeah. As much as our fans are truly our sixth man, and they were in that big championship game, as you saw, mm -hmm. I think having that really intimate, really close-knit opportunity to just think about each other and think about the game and not be distracted with co like college life mm -hmm. was really helpful for our rhythm, too. So they believed, I think down the stretch, especially like coming into this playoff atmosphere, like they, th their mindset, I, they refused to lose. Like, I think everybody but me kind of knew we were going to win. <laughs> I was very nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, can we put 40 minutes together for three nights? Are we going to be, you know, as a head coach, you're always thinking about all this stuff you see in March. You're, you're getting all this hype from the TV and the pressure and these young kids and I mean, my coaches knew they were like, coach, we're going to win. I was like, I don't stop talking about it. I don't want to talk about <laughs> one quarter at a time. And, uh, but the kids knew, I think they really knew they, they were in a position to be great. And they were, they really were when, when their name was called. They really were. And, and, and I want to, you, you mentioned exactly when you saw on Sunday that you were willing to acknowledge it to yourself yes. that it was finally happening. I, I want to talk about that in a moment. Um, first, just want to let uh, the folks at home know about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Um, is an opportunity if you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise. Now there is a game that is definitely for you. You can go hire the right coaches and assistants, trade and train players, make draft picks, navigate your franchise through free agency in the draft, all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. So Lockdown listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the prom, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in the game store. Make sure to check it out. Just download the game at probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. And of course, essentially, you can pretend you are Jess Minetti for a little bit, who spent a little time in basketball ops with the New York Knicks, as a matter I of fact. I did. So, I, I, I mean, man, you've done so much. We're, we're not even going to get to it in a single podcast, which I'm excited to have you back on. But you, you talked about the fact that it wasn't until 13, was it 13 seconds left up 10 or 10 mm -hmm. seconds? left up 13 where you said all right i'm finally acknowledging to myself that this is happening i was at 13 i think it was 13.7 seconds we were on the free throw line yeah. amelia hit her first shot i think we go up 11 and in my brain number crunching I, I i had i always had the iowa 
it was Michigan game, the the game that I would just won where they came back in a minute and 36 seconds and hit like eight threes and like, yeah. And FCU is a three-point shooting team, and they run and gun. And when there's no timeouts for us to really talk about how to prepare for D, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was at 13.7 seconds. I, I looked up at the clock, and I was like, you know what? Numerically, without timeouts, this is actually impossible. Like, oh my god, we, we're gonna win. And mm. I finally, I looked at Candice, Coach Candice Leatherwood on the bench. She's my former point guard at Sacred right. Heart. Came back as an alumni to coach here in her second year. And I looked at her and she looked at me and we just kind of like shared this moment. And I was like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. Holy crap. And then it did. And I can't tell you what happened from that point forward. Like the second that that clock hit, it was like, I went back and rewatched it that night. I was like, I just have to go see everything again. Like I can't, I, I just can't believe it, but it was great. It was pandemonium there. Like you said, you know, Sacred Heart, the fans traveled really well. The band is elite uh, mm-hmm. and the band came along for the ride. But yeah, it was, I, you know, I went with uh, my daughter who, who you met and yes. um, just the level of excitement um, that she was able to witness to see what that moment is like was why I wanted her to come. I, I said, you know, one way or the other, a champion is going to be crowned. And I want you to see what that looks like, you know, as a young basketball player who's uh, nine years old herself. Um, but it's also worth noting, and and I know we talked about this post game, but this is a long time in coming. This was, you know, you walked into that post game, and you know, a net around your neck, just finally getting that experience and you've had a lot of success there and you've taken that team to three WNITs. Uh, but to get that final over that final hump and, and get to this, have you had an opportunity to process kind of that feeling or is it so busy right now that you can't even kind of take that step back? Uh, you know, I, yes, I want to say I, I have taken a moment just to let it sink in. And it's, I told my team today, I think it was really today in film, I made everybody take a deep breath. My assistant was like, make sure they are like in this moment and with us to know, like I, it's been a whirlwind, but like guys, we're here. Yeah. Um, it, I think the moment I had was when I shared with them, this is the first playoff I've ever won as a basketball coach. Hmm. Like I've coached a lot of teams. We've won regular season championships um, in basketball, but I've never had the opportunity to be part of this the, a conference or playoff championship. So to be able to share that with this group at 43 years old, having coached since I was 23, when I got a head coaching job at Greens Farms Academy in Connecticut, like that, not to date myself, but this is 20 years in the making, like having, and and my players from Greens Farms Academy and my old school shouted, shouted us out on Twitter, (laughs) you know, like the journey, the five-star family that I started with, with five-star basketball and the high schools that I coached and the co- the collegiate um, staffs I've been a part of at Hofstra and, and then to come here and be, this is home. Like, I think one of the most special things about this championship is like my, my mother comes on the bus with us to road trips, you know, like my family, I look up and my entire family is in all the stands, my aunts, uncles, my high school basketball coach, my high school volleyball coach, they're here supporting us. So there's a really, um, strong, heartfelt tie to the community here, mm-hmm. being able to have an opportunity to coach at SHU. And uh, my athletic director that had hired me, Bobby Valentine, hometown he- hero here, 
um, I, I will forever be grateful to for sticking, sticking with us for 10 years and allowing us to build the program back to where it was. And Judy Ann Riccio now obviously is amazing. She is so empowering as a, one of the first female athletic directors ever to be hired at Sacred Heart and so supportive. So it, it really means so much more than just a trophy. And to be able to think about that, like you get, you get emotional about it. You dream of this and you think to yourself, even if this happened, this is the only time in your life this happens. You're you're never going to forget these moments. No doubt. And and again, you know, you've shouted out you you are of course pride of New Canaan, uh, Bobby from Stanford, you know, but very much a Connecticut product in so many different ways. This entire experience, right up through the family. And by the way, forty three is incredibly young. I say that as a <laughs> myself. There you we, go. We we are both just beginning, but. Yeah. You know, the, the specifics of the moment that you had with your mom, and this is what I wanted to ask you since Sunday. You walked in and you said, I had asked my mom, does the net go with my outfit? And she said, it goes great with this dress. And but take me through the rest of that conversation, what that must have been like to be able to talk to your mom in the moments following this win. Oh, it was, it was amazing. My mom's been there since day one. So my, my dad passed away in May before I got this job. And I was interviewed for this position through June, right around Father's Day. I got the job offered to me by Bobby and started July 1st. And I, in a very interesting twist of divine intervention, right? Yeah. I got to move home and, and be in a place where our family needed each other the most. And transition into this new role and try to figure it out. But my mother and I have been through it since day one. I also have two sis two younger sisters and they've just been an unbelievable support system. Like they, they've made so many sacrifices for me. They've made excuses for me. Oh, she can't come to our family event because she's doing this. She's busy. She's working so hard. And whenever I, we go through tough times, they're always so positive and supportive. So my family has meant so much to me. And to be able to share this moment with my mom, 10 years in the making, having gone through all of it, it, it was so emotional. She is the most amazing woman. She she didn't, didn't really know much about basketball, like never played it, but has been an avid fan her whole life. Yeah. And for her to be able to just share this moment as a mom and as a, as kind of the matriarch of our family to just be so proud and so emotional. And so she's just so happy, like it makes me proud that she's proud. And I know that she's been smiling ear to ear ever since it happened and, you know, just can't stop talking about it. So she's from Stanford too. So I think that pride of the hometown too is really special for us. It helps to have moms like that. I've, yeah. I have myself. Uh, well, I want to talk about logistically both your preparation um, and also uh, about, of course, uh, the, <laughs> the tickets and everything that you've had to figure out uh, for friends yeah. and family along the way. Um, before we get to that, I do want to talk about our sponsor, uh, who is FanDuel. And the thing about FanDuel is we are now uh, about halfway through the NBA season. And it's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. They have all these bets. They have, you know, uh, the point spread, money line, uh, player points, rebounds, and assists for player props. There's even a two-by-three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. And FanDuel lets you combine your bets for an even bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And so it's a team effort. There's no question about it to get here. But the the young woman you talked to talked about as a program changer when we spoke mm-hmm. on Sunday, the young woman who took over the game after winning rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, player of the year in the Northeast conference. And she made some shots down the stretch. I went back to look, I watched the game when we got home. So it was so, it was so much fun and so exciting. And she made these shots. Nobody should be able to make mm-hmm. and was just not going to be denied. And that is listed at five foot three, maybe not at five foot three, Nasira Pryor. Mm-hmm. Take through your first time seeing her play and what the recruiting process was like there. She, oh my God, she's so amazing, isn't she? She is so special. Um, my assistant coach, Ross James, found her on the Under Armour circuit two summers ago in July. And he texted me and said, Minette, you got to come over here and see this kid. And we were looking for a point guard at the time. Our, our um, point guard had just transferred. Our starting point guard had just transferred. And we were kind of in a scramble to um, get a get a player in and signed. And I watched her and I was like, wow, she for this little thing, she is like, she's a player, right? And I watched her a little bit more. And initially, you know, ask any coach in America, like initially you're like, um, th- that size might be an issue, right? Like you think, hey, that size, she's going to be a little undersized. There's gonna expl- you think they're going to exploit mismatches, like just ways that, that you know, they could use her her size to their advantage and i kept watching her play and i was like you know what i this kid's never gonna let anybody beat her like her level of competition is so high Mm -hmm. she's competitive driven relentless like i've never met somebody that refuses to lose more than her it's absolutely incredible so we recruit we started the process with her she's a baltimore native Mm -hmm. um Went, she went to Western High School, very, very good all-girls school in um, Baltimore, won them a state championship, actually scored 41 points in her state championship game as a senior. And she came up to SHU on a visit, and she just loved it. You know, I think she felt like it felt like family here. And she's very close to her family. She's very, very bright, wants to be a teacher one day. And so she excels in so many areas of her life, in the classroom, on the court, and, and as a leader, you know, I named her when she decided to come to Sacred Heart and she arrived on campus, she said to me, coach, I really hope I can get some minutes this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you guys, I guess she's gotten those minutes. Yeah. So she came in as a freshman, very humble, like just trying to fight for minutes. And then by the fifth game, I named her captain of our program. And she's just run with it. And I mean, you watch her down the stretch. You're seeing shots that she's made in the championship game. I've watched those shots all year. I mean, every award that she gets is earned. She does all those things. And she does it fearlessly. When when players, there are two kinds of players. There are players in moments of adversity that will shut down or that will wake up. 
and she is the alarm clock. Like she, she is the alarm clock that's waking up. Like she never shuts down. You, somebody asked me, Hey, in late game situations, like, do you have any special plays? Do you want to talk about those? I said, yeah, we're going to get the ball in and give it to nine. We're going to tell everybody else to just clear out. Like that's my game plan. Like that's, we're going to rock with this kid. She is amazing. So she's a proven winner. And we, we knew it in the process that she was special. And we put her in an environment here that in a system offensively that she thrives in, in a defensive system that she can have so much freedom to do what she does. And then in a leadership position where she can drive the winning. And there it is right there. I mean, and that's what you did. You so you know, it was eight minutes left. You guys were down 54, 51 and you did, you put it in her hands. She took over, but she took over both ends. You know, I mentioned it and, and this can't go unmentioned. Her steal percentage, you know, forgive my like nerdiness about this, but like you dig deep into her numbers, like her steal percentage at 5.6% as a freshman, you know, that's not just quickness. That's not just athleticism. You have to know exactly where the ball is going to be and yeah. anticipate it, you know, and we talked about this a little bit on Sunday too, right? Like this is like a baseline. You think of a freshman year as like what you're building from. And yeah, you talked about getting her in the gym to be shooting that three. Um, and maybe that's the only thing that jumps off the stat line where you say that needs to improve because everything else she's getting to the basket all the time. And she's super efficient when she gets there. Oh, it's her numbers are off the charts. And this is, yeah. This, if you think about this as the baseline, I mean, the sky is absolutely the limit with her. She is like, She's even talking about like ways she wants to keep developing her game. You know, she's never going to be done trying to fine tune and, and perfect what she's doing. So it, it, it boggles the mind again, just like I, I have to point it out. She shot 62.7% at the rim. Mm -hmm. You know, 36% of her attempts were there and at 62.7%, you know, that is impressive for any point guard. It is particularly so for a freshman. It is exponentially so for someone at her size, just yeah. the way you described her as a program changer. I mean, there's just no question about it. All right. Well, before we go, because I, I, I want to make sure we talk about this too, just your week, take me yeah. through the week. You finish up. I, I see you Sunday. You come out of there. I know by Monday you're flying. What has this been like? What, what, what have you been doing? Oh when my do God. You get video working. I like, I don't even know what we've been doing. We, we won the championship on Sunday we got on the bus, we came home, came back to shoe around five to this great, like big greeting of celebration. I love it. Came back to the pit center around seven, ate some great food, mm. watched the selection show, got our name called to come to California. 12 hours later, we're on a plane <laughs> to California. California and early because of and, the playing game. Yeah. yeah. And so we watched some film um, before we left for California. We got on the plane, tried to get some rest, landed last night, ate some dinner, went to bed, woke up early this morning, mm -hmm. got our got our workout and recovery in, ate breakfast, um, watched film, did some treatment. I'm actually holding up the bus. We're leaving in about two minutes to go to practice at the arena, do all the press conference stuff and the media. And then we're going to come back, have a really nice dinner tonight. We're going to treat the team to a great dinner Um our vice president, Jim Barconiero, loves to treat our, our student athletes to a great dinner when they win uh, great championships. So we are very thankful to him. And then we're going to have the lights on tomorrow and clock ticking and see if we can pull this win. Uh, first round win, continue to make history with the program and get onto Stanford on Friday.
Well, go enjoy. We're not holding up the bus anymore. You say hello to our Alex Simon when you get to the press conference. He'll be there. Okay. Make sure everybody in, uh, among the listeners is watching tomorrow, or, or it's actually going to be tonight. We're going to post this tomorrow. Southern versus Sacred Heart. Do not miss it. Jess Minetti, all the best. Till tomorrow, I'm Howard McDowell wishing you a wonderful march. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.